Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I am Nuna Isi Ma. If you are new to the podcast, this is where we explore how to transform trauma into sovereign power, soulful purpose, and sacred pleasure, so that you can have the success and fulfillment in all your life circles and be the woman you are born to be. Hello and welcome to Rise. I am so happy for you guys because today we have a special guest uh, that will talk about something really, really important. And his name is Ivan Hirsch. And he's a MD, a world-renowned fatigue expert, and is the founder and CEO of the International Center for Fatigue. Through his best-selling book, podcast, and international online programs, he had helped thousands of people around the world optimize their energy naturally and is on a mission to help one million more. He has been featured on television, podcasts, and summits, and when he's not at the office, you can find him singing musicals, dancing, and playing basketball with his family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Nunaisi. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Uh, you are the expert uh, when it comes to fatigue. And I, first of all, really find that connection between fatigue and trauma, which I want to dive into um, uh, as we talk today. And uh, of course, you're going to uh, leave us with some information of how to overcome it. And wow, I mean, so many people are uh, suffering from fatigue and um, and they don't have to be there, right? Right. Absolutely. It's a major issue and trauma plays a huge role. So I'm so glad we're doing this today. Right. And before we're going to dive into the subject, I would really like to have a little bit of uh, your backstory and how you came to work with fatigue. What brought you there? So it started when I started residency back in 2004. I had graduated medical school. I was starting my family medicine residency program and I met my wife and we fell in love. And three months later, she couldn't get out of bed. Mm. And so she was really, um, it was, it was a huge moment for me and for us um, because, you know, we had this anticipation about how our love affair was going to go, how our relationship was going to go. And then all of a sudden she had fatigue and I'm at this place in my career where I should be able to help her. I'm surrounded by all these doctors and all these people who are supposed to know a lot of information and all the people that I talked to and the books that I read and everything that I was trying to do while I was working 80 hours a week to help her were not successful. So she finally went to a naturopath, got some help, figured out just a couple of the causes that she had. We still didn't know a lot then. And she was mostly better after three years. And then we got married. We had a kid. We opened a business, a new medical practice. And then a couple of years later, I got fatigue and my fatigue lasted for five years. And it just about destroyed my life. 
my relationship with her. She's coming out of fatigue. We've got this new baby and I can't even help out with the dishes. I could barely keep it together to run my medical practice. I had to keep hiring people to do my job because I could, my, my brain wasn't working. I had all this body pain. Fatigue was awful. And my relationship with my daughter was crap because she said, daddy, play with me. And I couldn't. So I had a lot of guilt, a lot of shame during that time. And I realized finally that, and I'm not a very good patient, or I wasn't back then, that I had to start practicing on myself because I was already helping people with fatigue. I was practicing functional medicine at that point. And so I knew that I had to apply it to myself. And it's only when I actually looked and figured out all of the different causes of fatigue and made a list and checked them off one by one that I really realized how many causes there were, how many causes I had. And as I removed every single one of these causes, I just kept getting better and better and better till I resolved my fatigue. And then I wrote a book about it and helped thousands of people at this point and on a mission to help a million more. Right. So what are the common threads? What are the, the common um, reasons for fatigue that you, you come across, say, your patients? So there's 10 different categories of causes of fatigue that can really be grouped into two main categories, which are deficiencies and toxicities. So deficiencies are things that are not in the body that are supposed to be in the body. And toxicities are things that are in the body that aren't supposed to be in the body. So when we look at the deficiencies, we're looking at things like hormones are deficient, not enough adrenals or thyroid or sex hormones, vitamins and minerals are deficient. Lifestyle habits are deficient. So not enough sleep, not enough good food, not enough water, not enough movement, too much sitting, right? Sitting is the new smoking. There can be deficiencies in things like neurotransmitters, there can be deficiencies or dysfunction in mitochondria, which is the energy center of every cell in the body. So those are the deficiencies. And then the toxicities are things like toxicities from heavy metals. We know that upwards of 100,000 pounds of mercury are dumped into our oceans every single year. We know that 70% of all lipsticks have lead in them. Things like chemicals. We know that 84,000 different chemicals we're exposed to on a regular basis that we shouldn't be, that haven't been appropriately tested. You know, 500 chemicals you're exposed to before you even leave the house in the morning, mm -hmm. whether it's plastics or pesticides or cosmetics. And all of these things are damaging the DNA in the body, damaging different components of our body, causing inflammation. So that's heavy metals and chemicals. Then there's molds. About half of the uh, buildings in first world countries have water damage. And most of those have mold. Incredibly insidious and people aren't paying enough attention to it. And then there's infections, things like Lyme disease and other infections. You know, the CDC a couple of years ago used to say that there were 60 or 30,000 new cases per year. Now the number, the case this year is 476,000 new cases per year of Lyme disease. And that doesn't include a number of these other infections like Babesia and Bartonella and Epstein-Barr virus and a number of these other things that I see time and time again in people. And then there's things like negative emotional patterns, which come from trauma or come from ACEs, right? Adverse childhood events, or I call them adverse life events, where anything along the path of life, if you have a, an event that you perceive as negative, it ends up putting a stressful burden on the body, changes the way that you see the world and, and contributes to the inflammation and allows some of these toxicities to take a greater hold on your body. 
And then there's also things like allergies, so to foods or to inhalants and things like electromagnetic fields that are coming at us, all these invisible wavelengths and frequencies that we're being exposed to on a regular basis. So that's a lot of information, but big picture is deficiencies and toxicities. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, unfortunately, that is the, the truth, right? We are uh, living in a, in a very toxic environment when it comes to our food and pesticides and you name it. And, um, you know, the air is not so clean with, with all the uh, cars and pollution. And I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Um, so on the, on the actionable positive um, um you know, kind of a way to, to, to go about it. What can one do? So the first place you always start is looking at the lifestyle habits. So are you consuming enough water? You should be consuming half of your body weight in ounces for the most part, if you're looking at pounds. So, you know, if, if I weigh 165 pounds, I should be consuming around 80 something ounces per day. So that's two and a half liters or so, almost three liters. Um, for those who have fatigue, they actually should be consuming more along the lines of three liters per day. And then other lifestyle habit things, you want to make sure that people are getting good enough sleep. Now, a lot of the causes of sleep issues are also the same causes of fatigue issues, because you can prioritize sleep and you can put yourself in bed at 9.30 or 10 o'clock every single night, hoping to get your seven to nine hours per night that you really need, and maybe your sleep quality isn't good because you have some of these deficiencies or you have some of these toxicities, which can really play a role in sleep. But making sure that you're prioritizing it, you're paying attention and you're doing your best to after dinner, everything that you're thinking about has to do with sleep, making sure you're not looking at screens for too long, shutting off screens, making sure you've got Bluetooth or sorry, making sure you've got blue light blockers on any of the screens that you're looking at to definitely at least an hour before bedtime. You know, making sure that you're not having really tense discussions after dinner before you get ready for bed. So you want to make sure that it's this smooth process, relaxing process leading toward bedtime. Then you also want to make sure that your food is good. So not enough good food, another one of these deficiencies associated with lifestyle habits. So if you're not consuming most of your calories from vegetables, you need to rethink what you're doing. Vegetables and protein is really most of where your calories should be coming from. Grains, sugars, you really need to let go. A lot of the bugs that are in our bodies are are reminding us or telling us that we should be consuming these things and they're not healthy for us. There are some people who need to be consuming some grains, but definitely less grains and less sugar, more vegetables and a little bit of protein is really ideally where it's at. And then the last thing is movement. You know, so many different cultures out there have traditions of movement, you know, whether it's dance, right? I remember going to South America in Ecuador and Peru and Colombia. And what'd you do after dinner? You went dancing, right? Either in your home or outside. It's not the kind of thing that we have in a lot of the Western world. And so unfortunately, a lot of, um, a lot of us are getting sick from lack of movement. So we wanna make sure that we're moving as much as we can. But with a lot of the chronically fatigued people that I see, there's a Goldilocks dose of movement. And so you want to make sure if you're moving and you feel worse afterwards, it's too much. 
If you're not, if you're, if you're moving too little and, and you're not feeling well, then it's too little. So you want to make sure that you've got that Goldilocks dose where you're pushing it to get as much movement as you can. And it might just be walking, right? It doesn't have to be things like jumping jacks or burpees or CrossFit or any of this sort of stuff. You just want to make sure that you're moving as much as your body allows you to without feeling worse, especially if you've got chronic fatigue. But those are really the places to start. And then it's all about assessing the causes. And so when we go into my four-step process, we'll talk about how to assess these causes and why they're so important. Right. And um, do you also find that in our um, culture that really praises uh, doing and working and, you know, we, we kind of get the messages that, you know, if you stay to work uh, until midnight, then you kind of a, of a hero or somebody that, you know, should be um, really kind of, you know, it's, it's something to, um, you know, boast about where um, right. I, I find that uh, many women that I work with, they really uh, can't uh, naturally live in that paradigm of uh, especially you know, it, it's uh, the patriarchal uh, residue that that has been uh, predominant in our culture for so many years, um, mm -hmm. and and you know, women uh, burn themselves out by trying to do 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 work work work, and um, not balance it with their feminine essence, which also needs to be and to slow down and to uh, self care and all of that. So, do you find that also? Um, a cause for fatigue. Absolutely. That, that is a huge problem. And way too many people who have fatigue are perfectionists mm -hmm. or seeking perfection or, you know, working their tails off for some goal, which really isn't achievable, you know? And so it's, it's a huge problem. And especially for females, mm -hmm. because their job is twice as hard because they're also, you know, if they're, if they're nursing at home and they've got a young one, like, how do you balance that? It's really hard for, you know, the man obviously doesn't have the breast, can't step in and do that work unless you switch to a bottle. If that's not something you want to do. Right. And so a lot of women, my wife included, we've had these conversations, put their careers on hold oftentimes, and then they're not where they want to be as they get older. So there are a lot of challenges challenges with that. And how do you balance those things, the masculine, the feminine, what you want to do in your career with what you want your life to look like at home. And then when you're on your deathbed, what's going to make you feel good about your life, right? What was it that you accomplished? Is it all this doing, which we think in Western society, and there's these accolades and these rewards that we get for doing, 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 or is it going to be the time that we spend with family? That's always something we have to consider. And part of the mindset stuff that we do in our program to make sure that we're actually focused on the right things in our life. So we can actually have the ideal life that we want to, and not the one that was told to us. Right. So how does somebody know that they have fatigue? How, you know, um, how, how do they actually can come to that um, um, realization that it's not just tiredness or, you know, just a lack of energy, that it's actually fatigue? So it's a tiredness that's not relieved by rest. So if you're getting good sleep at night, let's say you're getting seven to nine hours of sleep and you're still tired, that's a problem. Now, if you have a sleep problem and you're tired during the day, that's also a problem. 
a lot of people think that because they're getting older, it means they're going to be more tired. And that's definitely not the case. I just saw a 68 year old man the other day who says he feels better now than he did when he was 30. So we have to get rid of this, this thinking, this incorrect thinking around, oh, I'm just getting older, right? It has to do with the number of toxicities that are building up in your body, whether they're negative thoughts and emotions, whether it's these physical, biological toxins that we're talking about, whether it's your lack of movement. So it's all those things that need to be taken into account. But the likelihood, and you don't have to be perfect by any means, but the likelihood that there is there are some causes that you need to look at when you're tired is incredibly high so if somebody is tired and they don't have the ideal energy that they want and it's not allowing them to achieve their goals in life whether personal or professional they have to take a look at those right so tell me why is it so hard to to treat fatigue it's hard to treat fatigue because there are so many causes So when we look at those 10 different categories of causes, it can get overwhelming because when you break it out into sub causes, it's 33 different causes. Now, what makes that challenging is that everybody who has fatigue has a different number of causes. They have around, everybody who has fatigue has around 20 of those causes and they have a different number of causes. So Joe Schmo over here has causes two, four, six, eight, and 10, perhaps. And Sally Sue over here has causes one, three, five, seven, nine, right? So then their treatments are much different. So when they go to their doctor or their practitioner or whoever they're seeing, and they say, I'm really tired. And the practitioner says, well, take this medication or take this supplement or whatever it is. And they're not looking at all of those different 20 plus causes. There's no way that you're going to be able to have success. You have to figure out which causes you have first, and then you can actually take the treatment. Because when you look at the process, it's really a simple two-step process. Not so simple, but simple when you look at it this way, is that you find the causes you have, and then you fix them, right? But if you don't know what causes you have, you're not going to be able to fix them. So that's why that first step is so important of finding the causes that you actually have that are specific to you. Because if your best friend took a B12 shots and they felt so much better and you take B12 shots and you don't feel better, well, guess what? They had a B12 deficiency and you don't. Right. So yeah, so it's basically um, working with a practitioner that can run all these tests and really dig into the causes, right? Um, to start and bringing the body back into balance and homeostasis, right? Exactly. And so the, the important thing is that when you go to figure out whether or not a practitioner is the correct person to work with, is you have to ask them questions about every single one of these causes. You have to ask them about their success rate with these causes. How do they treat these causes? You know, what is their understanding of these causes? Because most practitioners, you know, if you're looking at a conventional practitioner, they're going to look at thyroid, look at some liver enzymes for hepatitis, maybe some heart or lung stuff. And that's about it. You know, maybe they're going to look at Epstein-Barr virus for mononucleosis. If you look for a natural practitioner or an integrated practitioner or a functional medicine doc, one of those people, they're going to be much better and they're going to look a lot at the deficiencies. So replacing those deficiencies, and that might get you part of the way. 
but it's really these toxicities that oftentimes a lot of these practitioners, even the best ones around, are not looking at. Maybe they might be looking at heavy metals, but sometimes they're not looking at chemicals and a lot of practitioners do not want to touch mold. They don't want to touch Lyme or other infections. They're not looking at negative emotional patterns. So you have to make sure that they are comfortable with treating all of these things. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. You may get your energy up a little bit. Let's say your energy is a four out of 10, 10 is ideal energy. Maybe you'll get up to a five out of 10. But if you really want to get your life back and really want to succeed in everything that you're doing in life, and you want to throw off the, the monkey of fatigue from off your back, you have to make sure that you're addressing all of these causes. Right. And I'm sure that many people are compromising for the energy levels without even maybe being aware of it, right? Uh, kind of living comfortably with a seven out of 10 and not knowing that, uh, you know, what eight, nine and 10 out of 10 feels like, right? Absolutely. And sometimes they're also compromising or they're compensating mm -hmm. by taking caffeine, right? So, you know, humans in this world live on caffeine for the most part, whether it's tea or coffee. And a lot of that is, is that pick me up that they need because they're already put into a uh, chronically fatigued state and they just don't realize it, even if it's just a little bit, but they notice it when they don't have their caffeine, right? All of a sudden th their reality might be more like a five. And then it starts to get scary because then you get concerned about, am I going to be able to function at work? Am I going to be able to function at home? Am I going to be able to take care of my family? So it becomes much more urgent to fix this problem. And you can't just slap a bandaid on it like caffeine because that's only going to last for so long before it burns out your adrenals and other hormones and caffeine no longer works and then you're in a worse place. So as soon as people start noticing, they have to, they have to pay attention. If the body's crying out for help, right? We have to start paying attention. Right, the body is talking to us and it's just about understanding that language, right? So um, mm -hmm. yeah, if we feel tired then something is out of balance and needs our attention and uh, better sooner than later right before before it um, escalates and and becomes like a, a snowball absolutely and so much of this brings it back to mindfulness you know a lot of the trauma work that you're talking about as well with people who are on this event are also talking about mindfulness and paying attention to how we feel what are the emotions that we're feeling where do we feel them in our bodies right getting to be better stewards and better scientists around us, our bodies, who we are, ends up helping us heal. Right. And how would somebody know if they have an underlying infection? So there's a lot of different infections that can cause some pretty interesting symptoms. So I'm going to give some examples here around what those would be. So for example, there's an infection called Bartonella, oftentimes comes from a domestic animal licking you in the face. A lot of us have it. A lot of us get it from our moms through the placenta. I mean, so there's, you can get it from mosquitoes, but this Bartonella also known as cat scratch fever, if you get it acutely, will cause some very interesting symptoms. So sometimes people will have pain on the bottom of the feet, usually misdiagnosed as plantar fasciitis. They can have muscle cramps, usually in the calves, usually happening at night. They can have sleep problems, body pain, some anxiety, some depression. And oftentimes they can also have some rashes which look like they've been scratched or stretch marks. 
And so that, those are, and then thyroid is a big component as well of somebody who's got Bartonella. So those are just some of the symptoms of Bartonella. Babesia, oftentimes people will have spontaneous sweating either during the day or at night. They're usually the hottest person in the room. They're always, they always say, can you turn up the air conditioning, right? They're outside shoveling snow in, in short sleeves. And they um, oftentimes have awful sleep and anxiety to the point of panic attacks unfortunately, and depression to the point of suicidal thoughts. And once you address them, uh, and when you address the infection, so much of this stuff gets better. But those are just some examples of like a conglomeration of symptoms. You don't have to have all those symptoms. You can have a couple of them. You know, with Babesia, if you sweat a lot, you're the hottest person in the room, you've got awful sleep, it's very possible. Or if you've got really awful anxiety and panic attacks that haven't been fixed, um, you know, you have to remember conventional medications may help if you're taking Xanax or something else, but those are band-aids. And those are consequences of what a number of these toxicities and deficiencies actually are doing in the body that end up causing these symptoms. So you always have to keep infections in mind whenever you're looking at things like chronic fatigue, autoimmune disease, because they get into the body, they trigger the immune system to cause inflammation. And based off where they are in the body, they will cause different symptoms. Right. I mean, listening to you speak, I almost uh, feel like all of us have, um, you know, most of the of the uh, fundamental causes, right? Because we're all exposed to pollution and toxicity, and right. we probably all have some form of deficiency because of the state of our soil and um, you know, just uh, um, how we grow our food and all the uh, genetically modified and, you know, um, um, yeah, all the um, fast food and everything that, that uh, our modern society um, has developed. And uh, it's almost like not um, if, but almost when, do we actually right. feel that we need to start doing something about it, right? You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. You know, as we go through life, we end up getting more of these toxicities. We end up getting more of these deficiencies. And people can usually tell you, you know, I've had fatigue this long or I've had this problem for this long. And that was the moment when the straw broke the camel's back, right? right? Because you can be, you know, I grew up eating gluten and dairy, lots of tuna fish, you know, so I was full of mercury. I had, I was chronically constipated. I pooped like once a week for the first 20 years of my life until I figured out that that wasn't normal. Like, and so I wasn't able to get rid of a lot of my toxicities, pesticides, herbicides, you know, then I lived in a moldy house. I'm still fine. I grew up in New Jersey. I still, I was bitten by ticks. I'm still fine up until a point where I get another infection and then all of a sudden, boom, I get chronic fatigue, right? So the body is able to compensate until it's not, but it, it is that accumulation, exactly what you're talking about, where when you start to notice, you want to make sure that you start addressing it because, you know, as we get older, like what happens to people, they get more tired, right? And we think, oh, we're just getting older, right? But it's this accumulation of these toxicities, as well as the deficiencies that end up leading to that. Right. Uh, you know, I know that for myself, um, I've been doing uh, detoxes uh, at least biannually, if not, if not three or four times uh, a year, where I, um, 
I mean, yeah, the, the intention behind it is really that, to, to clear, to, um, you know, stop digestion for a while so the body can attend to, to fix, you know, infections and to really reju rejuvenate and regenerate. And, um, and, and, you know, what, what are other kind of prevention methods or maintenance methods that one can um, start integrating in their life, not to reach that, you know, uh, state where that's, uh, that's it, they can't go any longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great point that you're making. So, you know, doing the occasional fast can be helpful. And, you know, it really depends on how healthy the individual is. So if they already have some fatigue and they have some of these toxicities, mobilizing them or pulling them out of their hiding places is not good unless you know what you're doing. When we go through my four-step process, step three is opening up the detoxification pathways before we go into step four and remove the toxicities. Uh, just big picture, step one is assessing the causes. And then step two is replacing the deficiencies. Step three is opening the detox pathways and step four is removing the toxicities. So if you go ahead and you're starting to remove the toxicities without opening up the detox pathways in step three, you're gonna feel worse mm -hmm. and you're gonna re-expose yourself to a lot of these toxins. So you do have to be careful with detoxes, but generally this is kind of how intermittent fasting works by skipping meals, making sure that you're still consuming a lot of water, but resting the gut can be helpful. Doing a 24 hour fast is good. Longer, if you know that you can tolerate it, those can always be good detoxification strategies. Just eating vegetables for a period of time is really wonderful as well. Um, you can't really detoxify if you're consuming oils, but if you just went with vegetables and you're not having meat, you're still resting the gut, you know, you can do that for one, three, five days without a problem. Those are really great. Uh, making sure that you're doing variety in foods and you're, you're not eating the same food every day. Anything that you're eating every single day, you have the chance to develop a sensitivity to where your body will eventually react negatively to it. So these are just some other strategies that you can look at for, you know, natural detoxification. You want to make sure that you've got filters wherever you can put them. So a water filter, I've got a whole house water filter, only 300 bucks. I like the company Aquasana. It's like, well, maybe it's more 500 bucks now. Um, and then you have to pay a plumber to put it in, but lower cost, um, you know, air filters like the air doctor that I recommend, um, which will also get some mold. You know, so you want to make sure that you're filtering as much as you can, your air, your water, your food. You want to make sure that you're as much organic as you possibly can. And if you can't afford all organic, that you get the um, clean 15 and the dirty dozen list from the environmental working group at ewg.org. And you make sure that the dirty dozen, you get those as organic, as much organic as possible, but the clean 15, you can get those non-organic and they're more likely to be clean. So those are just some tips about trying to keep your environment as clean as possible. And then, and then it's really, um, it's really baby steps where you're going to look at, okay, what are the toxicities that I have in my home? What are the, um, what am I washing my clothes in? What am I washing my dishes in? How do I go more natural? And you just want to do this really baby steps, right? Maybe you, 
you, um, you make a plan with your family, like this month, I'm going to look at the toxicities that we have in this part of our lives. This month, I'm going to look at my cosmetics and I'm going to go on ewg.org slash skin deep, S-K-I-N-D-E-E-P, where you can look at you know, what is actually in your cosmetics? What are the toxicities there? Because that's a huge source of toxicity. So you just have to go through and figure out where these toxicities are that you're being exposed to, because the first step is avoidance. You got to get it out of your life. And then the second step is getting it out of your body, no matter what it is. Right. And start uh, reading labels, right? When, when shopping and what is in there and the uh... Uh, many things are really hidden and not very transparent. And uh, mm. my kind of rule of thumb is if there's a long list, it's a problem, right? Um, especially all the... And if e's. you can't pronounce it. And if you can't pronounce them, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's such an important one. And a lot of people are, are like they're they're concerned because they don't know how to they don't know how to read labels and they're not sure what they're supposed to be doing but your advice is definitely good you you want to make sure that the list is short if you can't if if what's on the label hasn't fallen off a tree or a bush you know then it's it's very likely that it's not the best thing for you right and then you know, from your experience, I mean, people that really uh, in that state where they have um, fatigue and they don't have motivation for life, they don't have um, maybe that inner fire, right, to ignite their um, their chi, their energy, um, they can really go a downhill right it's like a, mm -hmm. a spiral that takes them down and, and and you know can cause depression can cause suicidal thoughts can cause um you know feelings of isolation and uh, mm -hmm. i mean there's such a huge impact that uh, one can have uh, on their life and um, not really knowing where it's coming from and you know kind of uh, feeling very alone in that process right yeah it feels so good just to have answers mm. just to just to learn what are the causes that you actually have and what you talk what you're talking about is so important this is why mindset and mindfulness is such an important component of our of our process is you you have to be in order to heal you have to be swimming in as much gratitude as possible you have to have a vision for your life your personal life your professional life your health Right? You have to take a look at some of the limiting beliefs that you're having, flip them on their head and make them into empowering beliefs. You know, there's not enough time, there's not enough money, I'm never going to get better. Right? You have to switch these things into places of there's always enough time, there's always enough money, I'm going to get better soon, quick, you know, like it's going to happen for me. And making sure that the questions that we're asking ourselves on a regular basis are actually empowering questions. You know, most of the time people have one question that they ask themselves on a regular basis that isn't supportive. You know, like, why is this happening to me? And instead we need to ask ourselves, what is the one thing that I can do today to move my health in a positive direction? Mm. Right. As humans, we overestimate the amount that we can get done in a day and we underestimate the amount that we can get done in a year, which basically means that if we make a baby step every single day, we are going to be successful. You don't have to solve all of your problems in a day. It's just baby steps. 
right? So the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, right? And before you know it, you are where you want to be, but you have to take that step. And sometimes there's risk with that step, but you have to take that step and you have to put yourself out there and you have to commit to yourself and you have to prioritize yourself in order to be successful. I love what you said, and I want to really dive even deeper into that because, um, first of all, um, that link between your mind and mindset and, um, and your physical health. And I even want to dare to say that our mind is so powerful that just the mind can overcome, um, you know, our body can be resilient as well. I mean, what we've been through in, in you know, uh, through through what uh, we do into the planet and we still alive and 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 you know um and and living <laughs> this is already a miracle um so i kind of feel that you know our body um sure it needs the foundation and it needs as you said the water and the food and everything but even more so the mindset that is so powerful and can almost um you know, over, um, you know, take the, the physical uh, body, although they hand in hand, you know, I don't want to underestimate uh, our physical state, but um, the mind is so, so powerful that it can really um, help us soar in such a profound way. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I really like that you mentioned that as well, because this is really important that we actually take that responsibility to prioritize uh, ourselves, to, to actually uh, make that decision that we are worth enough to start walking that journey. And even if it's really one little step at a time. And what I like to even say, you know, even if you do just one little pivot of, of one degree, you're already heading towards a different direction. You already changed the traject trajectory of your life. Um, so, so it's really about um, doing those uh, just a little over your comfort zone uh, each time so, so you can progress in the direction that really empowers you and supports your growth, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's pivotal. And anybody who's not looking at mindset as a component of their overall health is not going to get where they want to get. Yes, you can focus on the physical till the cows come home and it'll get you a lot of the way there, but you had this combination is so much more powerful. Right. And I mean, you always hear stories about people that managed to accomplish the unbelievable, the un, um, almost unnatural, so to say, uh, through the power mm -hmm. of the mind. Uh, so, yeah, this is where it starts, right? This is the, the kind of the, the, the foundation and, and accompanied by looking after the physical body, after our temple, uh, that's mm -hmm. the, the winning formula, right? Absolutely. Right. And is there anything that you um, that you do in your practice that is directly connected to overcoming past, uh, say, childhood wounds or trauma or um, any of that that maybe you can talk about? 
We do. So we have several coaches in our program. We've got a health coach in order to lead people through the uh, physical parts of the program. And then we also have a nervous system retraining coach who's trained in NARM, which is a neuroaffective relational model for trauma. It's a mindfulness-based approach. And so she offers group programs in our program or group components in our program, as well as one-on-ones with, with people going through. So yeah, it's just, it's such an important part of, of all this. So we wanted to make sure that we included that. My wife is trained in this component, this um, NARM, N-A-R-M, Neuroaffective Relational Model for Trauma. So I became familiar with it. And, and consequently, we hired somebody who could provide this to the people going through our program. Right. So yeah, I really like your uh, holistic and natural way to to overcome uh, fatigue and uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing I think it's it's vital it's really really important and I can feel thank your you heart so is in the in the good play in the right place right um, <laughs> and I know that you have a, a, a gift for our audience um, maybe you want to talk about it yes so I have a best-selling book that's on Amazon and the second edition, which is not on Amazon yet, is in a PDF format that you can get by clicking on the link below or wherever the link is. And that will, um, you can just you put in your email and then you'll be able to get a PDF of that latest version of our bestselling book. Oh, wow. This is so generous uh, of you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, go ahead and download the, this PDF. And uh, if you currently feel that you might have fatigue, this is definitely for you. And if you feel that maybe you're not um, in your optimal energy, maybe you now realize through our conversation that you might be compromising and you might be compensating and uh, settling for um, a seven or even lower out of, uh, out of 10 uh, levels of energy, or if you have struggling um, sleeping well and uh, all the above go ahead and download this pdf and uh, really take your life to the next level because you're worth it and it can be done baby steps uh, little shifts one at a time and um, yeah time for you to rise that's right it's time it's time right life is so short we've got such a mm -hmm short unpredictable journey on earth that can be gone like that and so while we're here let's just make the best out of it right mm -hmm. amen amen mm -hmm. so thank you so much for being here thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom with our audience and the uh, blessings on your journey thank you nuna ec thanks so much for the work you're doing and thanks for having me on Oh, it's a pleasure. It was a very enlightening conversation. So thank you so much. I appreciate it.